Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is episode 31 of Coaching Connections. On today's episode, we have Coach Dominique Richardson of West Oso High School and Coach Matthew Sandoval of Hayes High School. I had a phenomenal conversation with these two guys. I had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. This is episode 31, Coach Richardson, Coach Sandoval. Let's get after it. Doing, coach? Coach? All right, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. What's up, Dom? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Coach, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Coach? I'm good. Congrats on the job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still trying to get used to everything down here. I, I'm back in the I'm back in the humid weather, not no cold, windy weather like I was in New Mexico. So I gotta get back to used to it. Yeah, I just wanted to put it out there that, uh, that uh, you know, Coach Sandoval, you commented on one of my posts not long ago about my hair being short. So that yeah. just, I just let it go. I just took the razor and I said, I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. So I, my I, wife's trying to get me to do that. I'm holding on, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll let go. I see that. I'm not going to lie to you. I lost a bet with my team last year. I told if they went undefeated and they beat everybody by an average of 20 or more, I'll shave it off at school, and I did it. So <laughs> I've just been bald ever since. Yeah. Well, now the, que- now the question question is how often do you got to do it? <laughs> oh, man, it's it varies. Sometimes I'll get up. I'll do it like every other day. Sometimes I let it grow out in like a week. Yeah. Uh, just I know when school starts, just so I know how these kids are, I'm going to shave it every day because I don't feel like hearing their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, the, the less hair, the less, the more and more we cut it, the more grooming time we have to spend on it. So. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I've done it like three times already. And I'm, it's, I saw this little skull shaver thing. I guess uh, they sell this thing. I guess they, they say you can do it in a minute and a half or whatever. And I'm thinking about it because I don't want to spend uh, too much time on that. I know. I'm not, a minute and a half sounds a little quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, got sens- I got sensitive skin, man. <laughs> You got it rolling. That's good, man. Yes. I've been enjoying them. I've watched. Yeah, I'm pretty much caught up on all of them. It's it's been it's been fun listening to the conversations and different aspects from the coaches. So well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, coaches, first off, I just want to say thank you again for taking time to to sit down and talk about life and talk about hoops and everything else in between. So I appreciate you guys' time. Not a problem, man. Appreciate being here. So first, let's talk about this whole COVID situation. You know, what have, what have you guys been doing to stay busy? Uh, what have you been doing to keep yourself sane? And uh, and then what have you been doing to kind of prepare for all of the unknown things that are coming? You know, hopefully we get to have a season and everything. I, I've been exercising like crazy. I, I, it seems like I, I exercise nine months out of the year, and then during basketball season, or eight months, and then during basketball season, you know, don't have time for it. So. But I've tried to like almost do two days right now to just to kind of get back to some kind of reasonable weight. Yeah. But um, you know, between that and so our our county right now here in Hayes County, uh, we can still do skills and um, uh, like power camp and stuff. So so we just kept on rolling through. So it's just kind of crazy that we can still do this. But like some schools can and some schools can't. We can't. We can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of wild, but. I mean, kind of hard if you can. It's kind of hard to tell the kids no. Yeah, for sure. You know? And so it's like, you know, so we took this week off, and then we're going to start back up next week. 
um, just to kind of give myself a little bit of a break because we were going since what June 8th or whatever. And um, but you know, just with all the the check-in temperatures and all of that stuff, and it's just kind of weird to see how it's gonna what's gonna be the policy when we you know if and when we are able to play. So I'm just kind of curious to see how that turns out. Yeah, the whole all of Bear County here uh, is shut down until September 8th. That's the first day we can get back if they if they allow us. Yeah. Dom. Yeah, with with us, well, it's been I've been in two spots. So I was in New Mexico. Uh, when it really hit, uh, we finished our state tournament with no fans, and so we played that Friday. Uh, drove back to Newcomb, New Mexico, and then everything we in New Mexico, everything is locked down. So you know, in the reservation, we're on curfew. So you know, Monday through Sunday, you know, you had to be home by eight o'clock. Um, and now recently they just changed where it's just uh, on weekends from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. on Monday, you can't leave. So, you know, from March to about June, I was in there like that. And then since I've been down here, you know, in Corpus, we're not allowed to do anything. Um, but Monday, uh, we'll be able to get back to doing stuff. Football starts, volleyball starts, tennis starts. So it's just, you know, other than that, I've just been trying to get – I'm finally moved down here. Um, as much as possible, I try to stay active, but really it was just when I got back down here, just hanging out with family, you know, with my little nephew, watching him play Fortnite all day long. So, um, but other than that, you know, I've I just been enjoying – oh, man, he – I get – I'm hoping he goes and gets an eSports scholarship. Like, the kid is <laughs> um, – I'll be sitting there watching, I'm just like, Okay, all right. I guess you're pretty good at it. And he just plays it all day, and he enjoys it. And I just watch and I laugh because he's just he's into it. Yeah. I'm like, you want to go outside? He'd be like, "No, nah, I'm good." And he just <laughs> stay on stay on the Xbox all day, which is not bad. I mean, he's staying active, but you know, it's, it's been fun. I'm just I'm just glad to be around family. You know, I enjoyed my time out there, but uh, I'm a Texas boy at heart, so it was good to be back. How long How long were you gone? Uh, I've been out of San Antonio since 2012. Yeah. Uh, I was in Yuma, Arizona, coaching at Arizona Western Junior College for two and a half years. And then I was in Newcomb, New Mexico from 2014 to 2016. Came back to San Antonio, coached at St. Mary's for a year, and then went back to Newcomb for these last three. Mm. So That's good. That's good to have you back in Texas. Bye. No, you're talking about you guys start Monday. It's interesting. You know, most of the schools in San Antonio are 5, 6A, but we do have some uh, 4A, 3A classifications. And so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the state's able to start, but since they're in Barrett County, you know, their their hands are tied. And, and so it's, it's caused a lot right. of interesting do. I've been hearing that there's some schools that are trying to find places to practice and play outside of Bear County. Like they're trying to use other people's facilities, which I don't know how that's going to work, but that's what some schools – are trying to do until, you know, September 8th because, they, you know, 1A and 4A starts Monday and the first game is August 28th for football. So they're trying to find places to go and, you know, get some practice time in. Hopefully they can play a game. But, yeah, yeah how it's looking, it's like nobody, you know, in the area is going to be able to do anything. You know, Coach, Coach Sandoval has been working out. You know, you've been working out, Dom, you being lazy? No, I'm definitely being lazy. I Honestly, I – the first time I touched a basketball, uh, Lupe and Boo Man, they called, they asked me to go out and 
I saw the picture. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I told Pootie in them 10 minutes total. And that's what I did. And that was the first time since March. Because usually I play in tournaments, you know, in New Mexico. They got a lot of men's tournament stuff because basketball is like life out there, which is great. But since this whole pandemic, that was my first time touching the ball. And it was, and it looked, I showed, it looked like it. It definitely did. <laughs> my playing days are done. I'm not even, I don't even touch a basketball to play. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. Usually I play throughout the whole summer, you know, tournaments and, no, like last year, like this weekend coming up, there's a big Vegas tournament that we usually go to and not going to go. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't played since March either. It's, I had a nightmare the other day, and I call it a nightmare because I woke up, but I was, I was hooping. And I, got, I remember getting a rebound. I came down. I pulled up from like 30, and then all of a sudden I woke up and I wasn't playing ball no more. And, it, you know, <laughs> it was like a nightmare because it was done. But I've been trying yeah, to work usually, out. Usually around this time, you, we'll get a text message talking about, hey, we're going to open the gym up yeah. at McCullum. Yeah. But, you know, with everything going on, you can't go up there and get a run in. So. Nope. It's been good, though, like to change it up, you know, because like you said, Coach, your playing days are over. So I'm I'm trying to, like, hold on to them as long as I can because I know some point it's going to be done, right? You know, I'll be 40. In a, in right. And, uh, and so just try to try to enjoy while I can. But this summer has been good for me to, like, like refocus and rebalance the way I'm working out and, and get my body right and taking care of my body and yeah. not banging it up so much on the court, you know. So I've dropped like 30 pounds the last two months. Um, yeah, I can, you can, I can tell you slimmed out a lot. Face is slimmed out. Appreciate it. And part of that's the bald head and I shaved the head too. Well, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny you say that because, like, I think one of the things I was talking to my buddy about was, uh, you know, more than anything – and I just felt re-energized, you know, mm-hmm. like, because, you know, usually we don't get a mental break like this. It's just, like, it's uncommon. So we've had, like, five, you know, by the time it's all said and done, we'll have, like, almost six months of just, you know, time to get organized, you know, with our lives and yep. you know, things come back down to normal. And so I feel, you know, I feel revitalized in that sense. And But, but for sure, you know, the health side of things and, um, uh, just trying to get things back on track and you know i try to I, you know we get emails i'm sure all y'all get emails we get a play of the day and we get we see things on twitter yeah so i think this is the first time that i've actually spent like hey i like that play yeah hey i don't you know i just it just plays in general i just kind of like seeing the newer things out there because you get kind of lost in the shuffle once you know once you start being a head coach mm-hmm. you rely a lot more on your assistant coaches to to give you that kind of input, at least I, in my experience. But, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how y'all. Yeah, well, my assistant coach, he just got a head coaching job, so I just got a new one. Um, but, like, I'm looking at our thread with my my form, now former assistant, and, and it's nothing but just plays and said, hey, check this out, check this out. And I said, look, man, I know you're <laughs> gone, and I know you uh, you got your own head coaching job somewhere else yeah. now, but uh, this is still part of your job. You're, you're going to have to keep doing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Let's, yeah, let's that was one thing. Go ahead, go ahead, Don. Yeah, that was I me. Mean, that was one thing when I got out down here, man. I just, you know, met my assistant coaches, and you know, they're just—you can just tell—they're just like a sponge. They just want to learn, and you know, ask them about my style and how, you know, and it's kind of similar to what the coach was before me, how he ran. So, um, made them more comfortable about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on YouTube, and just like I said, I finally got back on Twitter. Um, you know, I made a. Made me a Twitter, made West Oso basketball Twitter. So I'm on there pretty much every other hour, 
seeing sets and yeah. I still got my synergy password from St. Mary's. So I'd be on there watching college games like no other trying to get stuff. So it's uh yeah. Twitter has been helpful. I mean, cause it, I, since I've started this, I've connected with even more coaches and, and they're mm-hmm. sharing all kinds of stuff. So you're seeing sets and plays and different, yeah. different ideas, you know, that, you know, some work for, for your personnel and some don't, but, but you just throw them in your toolbox. And uh, if you ever need to, to, to come back to them, but even like yesterday, I was able to sit on a, on a, on a Zoom meeting, a Q&A with, with Gino Ariyama, right? I mean, that was pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And he, he gave a lot of good insight. You know, it was nothing about X's and O's, just, you know, operations and, and how to carry yourself and, and just keys for leadership. And, you know, but like things like that, you know, I've learned so much during this pandemic because we don't get a whole lot of time to sit there and really sit in front of our computer and, and, and learn like that. So, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people have taken – full advantage of this opportunity. Let's talk about your childhood. Where, where did you guys grow up? Um, uh, what was your childhood like? You know, did you have any strong influences in your life that, that kind of helped guide you along this path towards, you know, wanting to be a coach or a teacher? Uh, well, I mean, I grew up, I grew pretty much grew up in San Antonio. My dad was military. Um, funny thing is I lived in McCullum School District when I first moved to San Antonio, my dad was in Lackland Station. Uh, I was younger, and then went to Del Rio. Um, I was a soccer player, playing on little travel teams. Was, we came up to San Antonio a lot. Um, that was the only thing I could play, because down there in Del Rio on the base, you couldn't play basketball until you were like 10. So I had to wait for a couple of years. But by that time, I was up here in San Antonio by the second grade. Um, Played football, played everything. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't get into basketball until I was like in the eighth grade when it was time to go up to Judson and play for Coach Wacker. I had a good talk with Coach Walker, who was my eighth grade coach, said that, you know, I, I was always, I wanted to play football for Judson, you know, DW, Gerard Douglas, you wanted to go play for a state championship, but he was like, your calling is basketball. Like, you're going you're gonna to do better at basketball. So I was like, all right, well, put me in basketball athletics. You know, I'll, I'll roll with that, and that's probably the best decision I ever made because once I saw boot camp up close and personal at Judson, it wasn't for me at all. <laughs> Not at all. I'll go in the gym and play basketball. But, you know, I think my dad, you know, he was probably a good big influence on me, keep me active in sports. Um, when my dad was stationed in California and Oklahoma, when I got towards – I got older. Um, a good friend of mine's father, Ed Johnson, he was a ref in San Antonio yep. for a lot of years, uh, passed away a few years ago. He's probably the biggest inspiration I had because there would be days where I didn't want to go work out and he would pull up to my house, drag me out my bed and go work out, go run the stairs at Clemens, we'll go to the hills at Roanoke's Mall, me and his, and his son, Philip. So, and he came to every game he could come to. He came to every college game. Um, him and a couple of other people during the uh, Rohawk organization, AU, pretty much tricked me into coaching because I really didn't want to get into coaching. I was – I mean, I would love to enjoy playing basketball, but I didn't think I could be able to be a good coach. But they got me to coach a 12 and under team. I was with them until they are about 16 until I left to go to Yuma. And now I love coaching. I, I love – you know, I guess the bond I have with the with these young kids and student athletes, um, it's been great. You know, and 
you know, I give the appreciate them and all my coaches, Coach Wacker, uh, Bubba and Buddy Meyer, Coach Zelznak. Um, I mean, they'll, you know, Coach Harrell I worked for in Arizona. They're all big factors in helping me out and supportive, you know, and make sure, you know, this coaching route was my way to go. And, you know, I appreciate them the most. I still talk to – Bubba's like a big brother to me. His dad is like another father figure. I talk to them all the time. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was just those those guys, you know, they they led me, you know, to this right path. I, I appreciate them. And everywhere I go, they're supportive. Glad I, mean, I know they're glad I'm here in Corpus so they can come down and watch a game. And I'm very appreciative of them. Awesome. Coach Sandoval? I, I grew up in South Austin, uh, uh, Southeast Austin area. Uh, went to Johnston High School. And um, I, I kind of I grew up in a single, for the most part, single parent house. My dad, my mom passed away when, when I was little, and um, it was kind of just me, my dad, and my brother. And uh, you know, the crazy thing is, uh, you know, I played basketball in, college, in high school, and I had some private school offers um, out of high school, but it was just cheaper for me to go to public school just to go be a student. Um, I, I think I was a little burned out, honestly, from basketball. You know, I put so much into it um, in my high school years, like time-wise. Um, and, like, I, I really didn't, you know, my dad pretty much said, well, I can't can't afford to send you, you know, St. Ed's was on the table, then Shriner was on the table. Like, pretty much said, I can't be bad financially to make this decision. And I I didn't really hesitate. Like I didn't think twice. I said I just I just went on and went to UT. Um, you know, so I, I mean it was basically between Texas State and UT just to be a student. You know, I didn't want to go far from home. You know, and and I, I think but looking back, just influence wise, you know, just my dad going through everything that he did uh, with my mom passing away, and you know. I just I don't take this out of context, but you know, my dad, I don't think he was the greatest dad, but he was like a tremendous father. And so meaning like he did uh, just the amount of hours he worked just to put food on the table and just roof over our heads. You know, we missed out on doing a lot of things, me and my brother. You know, we didn't I talked to someone, you know, recently, like we never went swimming, we never went out, you know, very few times did we have a chance to go do fun things. But, you know, just his work ethic, I think, is probably the one thing that, uh, that definitely has carried over into my career. Um, as far as why I, I chose basketball, well, I think, like I said, I got burned out. And then about two years into college, like, you start, you start missing it, you know, or at least I did. And, um, you know, I started go, start going to the gym and playing, uh, you know, intramurals, things like that. You start start getting back I started getting started getting back into it and um the high school coach where I went to high school who wasn't my head coach um my brother was still in high school but he said hey why don't you come help us out on game nights and so my sophomore year in college or my junior year in college started going back and helping out on game nights um then I was a senior for two years I guess you could say five-year plan so I started doing more and more each year, um, those last three years of college with my high school team. 
And I learned so much during that time. Uh, coach Davis, who's at Austin Crockett now, he was the coach that kind of brought me back uh, to, to my alma mater. And then Coach Morgan, who's now – he was at Elgin, but now he's back. He's going to be at um, Austin Navarro now. Uh, you know, he kind of took over for Coach Davis when he went to Reagan, um, Austin Reagan. But, uh, you know, those two guys uh, were very instrumental in, like, the, the opening the doors for me um, at a young age. Um, and if I hadn't done those that volunteer time, uh, 100% would say that I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and so just, you know, doing the scorebook, uh, you know, we know as head coaches how important that is. But when you're 20 years old and someone tells you to go do the scorebook, you're like, I don't want to do the scorebook. I want to be on the sideline, you know. But looking back, just going through that process, um, you know, I, I know coaches now don't want to do that. And they get paid for it. And so I think the mentality that I had early, um, you know, not necessarily hungry, but just looking for direction and, and just trying to soak everything in. Because, you know, when you're 20 years old and you're still in college, you get a million things on your mind. But I, I, I found that the time I was with basketball, I mean, I, I was solely focused on it. And uh, I took so much in and I'm thankful for that time. So the guys that I mentioned, they were very um, uh, they were lustrous and, and they were the main people that, that helped me get to where I am today. It's always, it's, I mean, we all have those influences that kind of guide us down this path. Um, You know, going back to your dad too, I can totally relate to what you're saying. So yeah, nothing out of context. No, my dad is, you know, similar in in a sense where he, he, uh, whatever he's got to do to provide for the family. And then, so he would, you know, he would work his jobs, you know, small jobs here and there, but he finally got a really good job when I was in seventh, sixth, seventh grade. Out, out in the Gulf of Mexico on the oil rigs and, and whatnot. So he'd be gone one, two months at a time, come home for a week only, maybe maybe two, and then go back for another month or two. So he, he was gone a lot. Um, but, but what I took from, from that was, was the work ethic and whatever it takes to make it happen for the people you love. You know, he was sacrificing that, you know, for us. And so I can totally kind of, you know, understand where you're coming from in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about our coaching journey. Um, I know, Dom, you touched on it a little bit, but but maybe elaborate about your time in New Mexico. What was that like? You know, you coached on the reservation, correct? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, so, see it, I seen it online, and it looked like you had a <laughs> blast, and it looked like basketball was life out there. So just talk a little bit about it. Man, when I, when I first took the job, uh, I looked it up. I Google Map Nuke of New Mexico, and it showed like a square like in a corner of New Mexico, Arizona. They called the Four Corners area because it's in the area where you can go to Arizona, Colorado, Utah. Oh, wow. And so at first I was like, man, I'm from San Antonio. Like, I can't live out there. Like, But then, you know, the AD at the time, he called me. And then my good friend Nick Wise or Nick Williams, he was out there for a while. And he just let me know what the situation they had. I didn't have a teacher certification at the time, so – they had an alternative program within the district that I could do as well as still be on campus, you know, get paid like a salary teacher that had housing. So and I went out there. It was my first time being a head coach. I was assistant, you know, for all these years. And then 
when I got out there, I just connected with the kids. You know, they were just they were just hungry. Like it was a school that was tired of losing. They had talent, and you know that first year we we, we went twenty games. They went the first time winning district, and out there, if you win district, it's like a big deal. It was mind blowing. We played a district tournament championship game. The game's not till seven thirty, and at one o'clock there's a line, and I never like you don't see that until like. You know, with us, you know, unless you play at UTSA for the regional tournament at that time, and we played Marcus. But yeah, this is just a district championship game. It does not the state playoff, but that's how they were excited. But it was like no matter where you went. So like that basketball or nothing. I don't know if y'all saw it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. They hit every point of how the reservation is when it comes to basketball. They just love it. I mean it. You know, the kids, you know, everything you give them, it's like a sponge to them. They take it in. They listen because they want to be good. They're tired of the schools in Albuquerque winning and Las Cruces area. Like, they want to be the top dogs in New Mexico. And so um, every year, you know, it was, you know, it was something special. And then it it really hit when I went back the second time. And then uh, Mike Brown came out there with me. And we created this culture of heart over hype. Yeah, and I just the kids embraced it because I didn't have a kid over six foot. This year, this past year, I did. He's like a six four kid, but any other year, it was nobody over six foot, and we just ran and ran and played tougher than people, and we ended up getting to the state championship game. My second year going back there, and you know now it's you know I I miss those kids a lot. I still talk to them, you know the community. They still reach out, make sure I'm okay. They're happy that, you know, they they wanted me. I, I could tell I, if I didn't get this job at West Oso, I probably would have stayed out in Newcomb for the rest of my coaching career. Like, I love that area so much. You know, the people there, they're the most heartwarming people. They can be, they can be upset with you and tell you how they feel 100%. And then 10 minutes later, they're just back to, you know, I appreciate you, but I just had to get that off my mind. and. There's no like beef with you. They're just, they go back to enjoying because they know I'm there to help their kids out, to help the community out. And, you know, I, it was, I always tell people, if you really want to go see some passionate fans and passionate basketball, you just take a trip out there to the reservation because it's amazing. It's a, just a joy. People go, they get off work early, go see a game. And it's, it's totally different from a lot of places that I've been at. And I I enjoyed my time. I loved it a lot. And then before that, you said you were at St. Mary's? Yeah, I was at, I was at St. Mary's University for a year uh, with Bubba and Coach Z, um, just helping them out. It was, I, 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 I was in the coaching, the college coaching ranks. I was at a JUCO before. So I was like, this, I think this is where I want to be at. Um, but then – I guess me going to Nuka for two years and then going to college, it made me realize, like, I think my calling is at the high school level to help kids get to this college level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that this past year. I got two kids going to play college basketball up in Washington, which was which was good, you know, for that, for the school and for the area. But, you know, I love St. Mary's. It was, it was weird being on the sideline than playing because – I'll catch myself like want to get out there and practice with them if they're messing up on a play or an offense that I've been running at St. Mary's since 2004 and I can still go out there and run it. But 
Um, it was it was a little different, you know, but I enjoyed it. But I just knew that high school was my calling. You know, I, I appreciate my three and a half years doing college basketball, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. But I love I love coaching high school basketball. It's it's great. I, I I love developing those kids who really got the potential, but they you know they just need some more, you know some more tender loving care, I guess you could say with them and take the extra time with them instead of just coaching athletes already. I can build players to get them to that next level. And I take joy in that. And I love it. I love doing that. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you, you feel like you found that calling, you no know, better earlier than later. So you can have more, more time enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. So Sandoval, let's talk about your journey a little bit. Coaching journey. Well, <clears throat> So I, I got to go back and talk about those three years that I was volunteering. And so, because like I said, those kind of opened the doors for me. Um, well, I was at my alma mater at Austin Johnston, which is now Eastside Memorial. Okay. Uh, but those three years, that fourth year, I finished school and they hired me. And, um, you know, that, they had that same athletic director for that. T- the, the three years that I volunteered, the, the AD was Jose Martinez. And uh, the fourth year, my first year teaching and coaching, uh, we had a new AD. And uh, long story short, Jose Martinez, after that first year or in the spring, he called me and he said, uh, I'm going to go be the head football coach in Somerville, and I'd like for you to come be the basketball coach. So I'm 24 years old and, you know, had a great opportunity and, I was so scared to go. Like I'd been in Austin all my life. I hadn't been away from home. I was actually about to get married uh, to my wife. And um, I was just so like, I knew it was the right thing to do to go, but I was just so scared, very hesitant. And uh, you know, the coaches, every, you know, coach Morgan, the the last guy that I, that I worked for at Johnston, um, you know, he's like, you got to go, you know, you got to go because you can always come back home. And I think that's, I've, I've kept that motto, to this day, I tell coaches, you can always go back home. Um, so I went out to Somerville for two years and uh, two of the best years. I learned so much, coached every sport, worked um, worked in tirelessly, football, junior high football, cross, head cross country, uh, you know, and then butted up to varsity basketball. And then, uh, you know, obviously track. And I think the second year I did baseball, but and I think I worked more hours those two years than any two any or more hours per year than any I have in my career. Just as far as like just feeling like I was burned out, like I was I was really like grinding myself at a young age. And um, after those two years, Coach Martinez he actually wound up leaving. Um, and uh, you know we had some success at Somerville. Uh, you know we went to the regional quarterfinals, lost to Cole. Uh, when they had, uh, I don't know if you remember, Shock Cameron and uh, Fake Shock Cameron, I believe his name, last name was. And then uh, they had another shooter there, but uh, they wound up going to state that year. Um, but uh, from there, I actually came back to Austin, uh, to Austin Lanier, which is now Navarro. Uh, and I was head coach there for three years. Uh, and, it, uh, you know, I'd be reluctant to say, but it's, who you know, you know, and I, I wound up knowing that learned, meeting the principal there at a few when I was volunteering or actually my first year teaching uh, at, at Johnston. Uh, the principal at Lanier uh, talked to me and 
I just happened to give them a call because I heard they had an opening and kind of rest kind of happened from there. But I think the the I was at Lanier three years and um, you know that was a that was a tough job, the inner city job in Austin. And um, you know, I being I was from the inner city myself, but I think that uh, you know I was 26, 27 years old when I got that job, and um, I I don't like saying no, nobody's ever 100% ready for any job, mm -hmm. nobody. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I think my youth really and my inexperience it wasn't a basketball issue. It was more of just uh, you know, dealing with kids that needed to act right, you know, a little bit more so than, you know, they needed basketball, but they, they needed the discipline. And at 26 years old, you know, I don't think I was equipped experience-wise um, to, to handle that as best I could. And, you know, after three years, I got let go. And, and so, you know, it was tough. I think, you know, because I put a lot into that job. I was – I uh, put a lot into those kids. You know, they're like our family. Uh, you know, we, we treat them like family. And, um, you know, I think for the first time, you know, I started having my first and second child were born during that time. And at the end of that job, uh, you know, I kind of had a real sit down with just come to Jesus with myself in the sense that, you know, I got to start spending more time with my own kids. You know, because, you know, you know, we do what we got to do as coaches, taking kids home from practice. We've all done that at some point, you know, just, you know, but I, I think, you know, I think at the end of that, that Lanier job, that three-year run, I was really burned out in the sense of this. It just took a lot out of me, you know, and, and I know it's this is a selfless job. Again, another learning experience for me because I knew what I could have done better. Um, and I think I took that lesson, you know, I went to Lockhart from there for one year, um, and, you know, did a pretty good job. Um, but long story short, uh, at the end of the Lanier run, I, after I knew I was leaving, I was applying everywhere. Lockhart was one of them and El Campo was the, the other one. Well, I didn't get the job at El Campo immediately. I got the Lockhart job, but that next spring, El Campo called me back. Said the guy we hired didn't work out, but we'd like for you to come back out here. And I knew it was the better it was the better situation. Like even though I knew I'd be doing football and it's a football town, I knew it was going to be the better job for me long term. And uh, I'm glad I did because I learned so much out there. Uh, great coaching staff, great community. Um, they treated me great. Um, you know, kids, extremely hard workers. Uh, some of I shouldn't. Should, all the places kids worked hard in their own right, but it's just different. It's a little bit different every place you go. And I was in El Campo for five years, you know, the football town, basketball is not high on the list, but we made it as high on the list as we possibly could. We made the playoffs the last two years I was there. And, uh, you know, but just learned so much from the coaching staff, just about program management. Um, you know, the discipline, the, the, I think part of what I was lacking um, was kind of was built into their entire athletic program and it was really a, uh, a great learning tool for me about just to how to have the checks and balances in place for your program 
you know, it, it's built in. And, and I think, I mean, obviously it takes time to do that. But once you get your program to that level, um, you know, then it's either sink or swim for the kids because they're either on board or they're not. You know, when you got nine guys doing the exact same thing and you want to be the guy that's, I'm not doing that. Oh, well, get on down the road then, you know, you know. And so, and, and I took I took that mentality um, here to Hayes. Um, you know, I got to the point where I had the opportunity to come back home and uh, close enough to Austin, and and, and this is going to be my fifth year. Um, and I took the things I learned from El Campo and have implemented them here at Hayes from a program management. And uh, you know, this past year we made the playoffs. We've gotten a little bit better each year, but we finally knocked that door down and. Um, like I said, I, I just think that every every step along the way, I've learned something, and I'm grateful for it. And you know, I've always said to my to my wife, now that we're back, this is my last job. I don't think she believes me, but I, I you know, I, I really believe that whether it lasts one year or twenty years, you know, my kids are in school. All my kids are in school. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, your priorities change a little bit, and. Uh, We'll see what happens. Right? No, it's good. I mean, you sound like you've taken uh, positives out of some situations that have been tough, and you've, you've applied them to to where you're at now. So it's, I mean, everybody's got a different journey. So I like doing what I'm doing because you talk. Yeah. I talked to so many coaches, and everybody's journey looks totally different, you know. But yeah. at the at the end of the day, you know, they've all learned through the experiences, whether they're good or bad, and and it's the same thing we tell our kids, right? Like in our program, right? How do you how do you adapt? Yeah and learn from those situations. So it's, it's awesome to hear, Coach. Yep. Well, I just want to add that, you know, I think that sharing athletes, um, you know, we don't like to do it as basketball. <laughs> it's just I'm not going to just – we don't like to do it, you know. I don't think anybody likes to do it. Um, but I will say that, you know, being uh, – some, some of my closer friends uh, uh, kind of make fun of me because they say, well, you've been around more places than anybody I know. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But they, but one thing I real will say though is, you know, it's always good to have a good mix of kids as far as like multi-sport athletes and one-sport athletes, you know, because they bring just different a different dynamic to the to the table. And um, you know, I, I think that I've I've done one of my strengths. I feel is that I just do a good job managing that when they come over from football or cross country or whatever, you know, just. Uh, you know, I try not to rush it. And I think that, at, you know, early in my career, hey, man, let's go. You know, let's get on the court, practice, you know, first game. Oh, you're starting. But, you know, now it's like, you know, it's, just, it's okay to, to play the to play the waiting game a little bit. Not not too much, but just to just to be patient and, and, and you know, see kids battle it out a little bit. And I think uh, you know, that's another thing that I learned. That's a, that's a good perspective for sure. Well, uh, you see, last night the NBA is back. You no know, game one officially. You know, how, you know what, what are your thoughts on that? You guys excited to see some basketball on TV finally? Oh uh, yeah, I loved the games last night. Both of them were good. You know, and you just see a different energy with those guys playing. Um, I think they were excited as well to actually games meaning something now. And uh, the one thing I will say, I, we're laughing about it because. Uh, Mike is down here with his family and his wife is like, well, at least Rudy Gobert made the first basket of the restart <laughs> since he ended it. So, which was true, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, 
You know, I enjoy them a lot. I'm looking forward to the games today that come on TV. And, you know, the bubble, I'm glad it's working. You know, yeah. at first I was a little skeptical about it, but once that basketball tournament showed that, you know, as long as the players stay in the area they're supposed to stay in and do what they're supposed to do, you know, we'll be able to do sports. You know, hopefully that can, you know, cross over for these high school athletes and all our athletes to, you know, when they're in season, make sure you're staying safe, staying yeah. home. You know, don't try to jeopardize, you know, your season or anything. Just keep doing the things you've been doing during quarantine. And, you know, we can get through this, you know, this pandemic and hopefully get back to everything being regular again. Yeah. That's, that's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting conversation to have with, with the kids and the parents, but we, we got to right. have them. Yeah, got to, yeah. Coach Sandoval, you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm not a big baseball guy, I admit, but uh, – <laughs> Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it was really a, a good uh, opening night and, you know, to see it come down to the end in both games. Uh, looking forward to the Mavericks and uh, Rockets tonight, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I haven't really had a chance to watch uh, the young kid from the Mavericks play. Luca. Uh, Luca. I haven't really watched him play. Mm. And uh, so I'm excited to, to have a chance to watch him play. Um night and so uh between that and Harden and Westbrook you said Luca I think Luca is phenomenal at what he does one I think he's his skill set and his fundamentals are just as well. <laughs> they're, they're, they're crazy and uh yeah. another thing that I liked about it was I uh the NBA was you know you see other NBA players that are living in the bubble they're just at the game because they ain't, I mean they don't have anything else to do so yeah, I thought, nothing else to do yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was a, a neat perspective but but to watch the NBA game, you know, the, the sound guy, whoever's hitting the button to cheer, the fans and everything, <laughs> that guy's good, uh, or yeah. whatever that staff is. But I think yeah. what's important is our kids can see, you know, how much those pros on the floor are talking and communicating. Uh, I mean, because you can hear it now more than ever because, you know, there's no, not real fans in the stands. You know, the guy's hitting the button for the, yeah. the, for the yeah. applause. But – uh how much those pros are talking and, and it's incredible. And we know this as coaches and the stuff we preach, right? But it's it's important. I think our kids see that and they hear it and and, uh, and it's it's highlighted right now during the NBA season. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh my, that, first of all that's the fans were my wife's favorite part. Like she ooh the fans. Yeah. I was like, well she like fake fans. I was like, yeah, I guess so. Virtual but, uh, right? Yeah, but you know, I, I think it's really good that I mean they almost have to focus on defense right now because they know the offense is gonna be all you know, it's not going to be that great. And, uh, but like I said, it was good to see LeBron down in the stands at the end of a game, switching, yeah. you know, doing, doing the little things right. And, um, but I'm excited to see the playoffs. I, I'm, I need to read up on how these playoffs are going to work. But, uh, I mean, it's, I know it's the same, but the, the way it's, uh, set up these eight games. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know I'm, the details either. I'm Dom, you know the details? I mean, they, so I know they're keeping, Everybody keep, of course, their record, what they had before everything happened. And in these eight games they're playing, is like the seeding games for the most part. But really interesting, they added with that, the eighth seed has to be up four games on the ninth seed. And if they're not, the eight and the ninth, eight and the ninth seed will play. The eighth seed just has to win one game. The ninth seed will have to win two. So right yeah. now I think it was it's Memphis and I think Portland, I think, is the ninth. Okay. So if it stayed like that, 
Portland will have to beat Memphis two Twice. times in a row to, to take the AC to get in the playoffs. Interesting. Like, Ron, I'm assuming you're a Spurs guy. Yeah. No, I'm a Atlanta Hawks fan. You're Hawks. We ain't, yeah, we ain't never gonna make it no time soon. So, <laughs> Coach Alvarado, or you, you? I'm Spurs? a Spurs fan. I'm a Spurs, Spurs fan. I mean, I think they're in the mix, but yeah, yeah. it's been a rough year for sure. But they're they're in a little bit of the mix. Not not like the typical Spurs season that you that we've all come to, I guess, take for granted, right? Yeah, I I just want to see Kawhi and LeBron in the Western Conference Finals if that's possible. I don't see. I think that'll be the best matchup. Yeah. I don't know what the East has to offer, but, I mean, I guess the Bucks. I mean, yeah, right now it's the Bucks, but, yeah. you know, you know what people were saying last year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, your favorite basketball memories as a – it could be as a player or as a coach. It doesn't matter. Just your favorite basketball memories. Well, um, oh, go ahead, Coach. Okay, yeah. Um, so I got one of each. Um, so I had my junior year. Uh, had a chance to win, hit the game-winning shot against Bowie, Austin Bowie, Coach Collier. He, he, he still won't let me live that down uh, to win district. And uh, that was a great experience. Um, and then as a coach, so in El Campo, like I said, it was really bad. Like it was a very fixer-upper type job. And the first year, we lost to Rosenberg Terry, who won state the, not that year, but the next year. It was the same, same dudes. They beat us, let's just say, like, by 75 points. Yeah. Like they beat, but they had a lot of dudes, and I didn't have any dudes, and that snowball effect happened in that game. Yeah. I, I could, we were just trying to survive. Yeah. Well, four four years later, my fifth year, we beat Terry um, at home in a non-district game. And same coaches. Talent was a little bit more even. But still, you know, I think to avenge a loss like that mm -hmm. um, meant the world to me on a personal level more than any playoff win um, because it's a program win, you know. So. Yeah. I really feel that that's my most memorable coaching. No, it's good. I mean, uh, it just shows also, too, where, where you guys started to where you were at that point in an improvement that you guys made. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Tom? Uh, I mean, I got two as well. But coaching-wise, it happened the 2018-19 season. Um, we're playing in the state semifinal game at the pit where the U University of Mexico plays. That's where they hold a state tournament, and it's a gym is pretty much sold out. You know, pretty much everybody on the reservation came out there. We're down nine with two minutes left, and we crawl back in the game to tie. And I pulled what everybody likes to call the whacker stall and held the pass the ball around for about the last minute. And we got a backdoor cut and hit a layup to win the game and go to the state championship game. And that was like the furthest, you know, the school's ever been. So it was exciting to those kids, see how happy they were. I cried like a little punk on the court. Um, <laughs> but it was just because I never got, and I tell them all the time, like, I never got to the state tournament as a player. I was only there to watch in street clothes when, you know, Leonard Brown, we call him Pootie. Yeah. Played against TJ Ford, and I'm watching him just go at TJ Ford the whole game. 
and that was my closest to playing in the state tournament. And then I coach, and we get to a state championship game with a little school from the Navajo Reservation. It was just, you know, I'd never forget. I watched, I still watch those last two minutes of that game at least twice a day, just because just seeing how hard they played and. I know for a fact that my kids don't play hard this year. I'll just put that two minutes on and be like, this is how y'all need to play. Yeah. These kids are 5'5", five, five, and y'all yeah. are 5'10 and taller. Yeah. And, you know, so – but as a player, I enjoy – and I talk about it all the time. I enjoyed the era when I was in high school from 2000 to 2004. The, my high school career and then AU season just when – Playing, you just every tournament you're playing against somebody. Yeah, you know, and especially at that time, and I know Marcus, you can vouch. Just we had, we took pride of playing each other in mm-hmm. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. If we knew, you know, the Blue Devils, the kid from South Sam, were going to be in the tournament. Chris Ross and the Rattlers. You had Platinum. You know, you had so many different teams that you just knew you're going to play against some guys, and you didn't have to go. You know how they're doing it now, which is fine. Like I'm, a, I you know I coach the team went everywhere, but you want to take pride of beating people, yeah, in San Antonio and playing against talent all the time. And you know I I know with the pandemic, I know a lot of local tournaments have been good, so all these local teams are playing against each other again, which has been good. But like back then, it was just like, yeah, we're gonna go out of town, but oh, we heard. These teams are playing in San Antonio. All right, we're gonna go too. Well, well even that and it made it fun. Yeah. But even like just going to like I'm gonna take my 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 South Side guys and we're gonna go to your park where you're playing right. and exactly. we're, we're we're gonna play it and and then somebody else is gonna come to our neighborhood. All right, we'll, we'll bring our squad and, and see, th- even just that. I mean that competitive. Yeah. Vibe, yeah. So like the best thing that ever happened to me, because I grew up on a military base, and my dad and Ed they put a little summer team together. We ain't never played. We didn't know what AU was. We we're like 11, 12. We didn't know. But it's pretty much all the best team, best kids in this came out of this youth center league. And so my dad set up a scrimmage. And at the time, they're called the Alamo City Flames. It was Chris Ross, Alan Leal, a couple other kids from the east side and from the north side. They come in the gym like, oh, yeah, we're about to beat them. Man, they beat us like by 50. I don't know if Chris and Alan remember, but I remember because they came on to Randolph. We got them on base. We got them a little business pass. They came on. They're like 12 deep, and they ran us up and down that court. I mean, we lost – and they kept scoring. We lost, like, by 50. And my dad <laughs> looked at us like, yeah, now y'all thought y'all were big time. And ever since then, he would just take us to Davis Scott YMCA and we'll yeah. play. And that's when I met a lot of people I'm real good friends with now because – and I enjoyed it. Every time I was trying to go to the Davis Scott or Copernicus, like, I was trying to go play. Mm-hmm. I remember we played in that – I don't know if you remember, Marcus, that – I don't know if it's still open. It was a gym over there. Uh, it was a league, and they gave you T-shirts as the jerseys. I think it was like at a medical – like a medical at Central, at Central. Central. There you go. Yeah. I would, I'll go over there and play. I'll play <laughs> over there. Yep. So, it was like anywhere you can go and play. I was I was driving. I didn't care at yeah. all. Not Those memories I – because even now, when I was in New Mexico, I just laughed because I was driving – two hours, three hours to go play in a tournament and I'm 30 years old. Yeah. I'm just laughing because like, I used to do this in San Antonio. We should just go drive to the other side of town to go play. I don't know what it's like yeah. in Austin, Coach, Like, but like nowadays you don't see that. You know, when we were younger, 
I mean, like, like we said, go to the park, go to another gym. And, yeah. and it's almost like, you know, you go with the intent of, of beating somebody in their own gym, right? Just even if it's just a yeah. neighborhood. And, and, yeah. and kids don't go gym to gym or high school to high school or rec to rec and play anymore. I, I don't see that. I don't know what it's like in Austin. Area. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they have all these gyms now, like the sports-specific gyms, and kids like to go to their training facility. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's just so many different variables. Um, but, uh, yeah, with a, and I think AEU is just way – it's just so much more of it now than when we were in school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just every week – it's every weekend. I mean, I, I don't remember it being every weekend – I mean, I'm I'm class of '99. I, I don't know what coach you're. What 05, 08? I'm o, 04. I'm o four. Yeah, yeah. He's 04, Yeah. Okay, so I mean, like, I don't remember it and when I was in high school. Like, I don't remember it being, you know, it was like maybe like twice a month, maybe. You know, yeah. Maybe I may, I could be wrong, but I don't remember going every every weekend. These kids are going every weekend. Yeah. Right. I mean, and you've got guys that are trying to, you know, they got gyms or they got the gym space. They're inviting other top kids, like, hey, come work out with us. Yeah, or, you sure. know, we got, the, we got open run, but it's like they don't want to go. And I don't, I like somebody tell me, hey, meet us at, yeah. you know, Holmes High School. We, you know, we got this guy come up. Oh, all right, cool. Like, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like, I think it was, it was I think I want to say Christmas or maybe last year. I think y'all were at, I was still in New Mexico, but I saw, like, you were at Warren Marcus and it's Kenny, yeah. Chris Ross, Eric yeah. Dawson. It's all the, you know, older yeah. cats linking up to play. Like, you don't see, you know. We were just, we were just doing what we did, when what we always did, right? We're just a little older. Right. It, it was right. Always, a lot of the same guys that will come up to McCollum. Uh, but mm-hmm. we would we would go to Warren sometimes and, and right uh, and that and that's always good because you know we still want to play against each other no matter how old we are because mm-hmm. there's still that competition of I'm gonna prove myself like I'm and, still and what I try and what I try to do with those runs is like Jordan Burns who's that Colgate right right had a big year mm-hmm. so when I first started bringing him like hey I got these little older guys but they're most of them are pros or overseas or or playing Division One come to these runs. It's going to help you, and it's going to help them, too, to have some younger legs. And, and I try to bring younger guys in the mix with some of those older guys just because that's what we always did, you know what I mean? And, and so there's not a whole lot of places in town where you get a bunch of pro guys overseas that are all in the same gym. Mm-hmm. Like Marcus King, who just absolutely lit it up in the TBT. I mean, he's had all those runs, too. And, and so I was talking to, to Jordan. I still bring him over because when I coached at Marshall, I was the assistant where Jordan was. Uh, but I bring him to McCullum all the time to talk to the kids. So even though he didn't have any ties to McCullum other than me, he'll come and talk to the kids or whatever. And he told him like, when when we have those runs, uh, he's gonna he wants to guard a guy like Marcus King, and he'll pick him up, you know, ninety feet, uh, because yeah. he knows that guy's a walking bucket, and I'm, it's gonna help me become a better defender. Am I gonna stop him every time? I mean, it's it's hard to stop stop Marcus King from scoring when he wants to score, but it's gonna yeah. make me better. I'm gonna compete. And a lot of it had to do with those older guys that were in the gym. You know, you're gonna if you're gonna play with us, we're gonna compete. And and so, but like I said, we don't have like the kids that we have now. I don't yeah. see them going gym to gym. You know, playing. And see, like, like when I when I played in that little scrimmage thing that hard work did, it was some kids didn't care. Like you know, Chris Collins, who's a former D1 athlete, played in the G League, 
Yeah. You know, you got Eric Dawson, who's a former Spur, played yeah. pro ball overseas. But, you know, they, you know, Lupe and Boo, man, they tell me, like, hey, these guys, and they didn't care. Like, they were in us. They were guarding us. Yeah. You know, they're attacking us. Like, they didn't care if Chris Daniels is seven foot. There yeah. dudes in there trying to go at them. Yeah. And that was good. But, you know, and, you know, they, you just don't see that consistently, which can help. Yeah those kids, you know, yeah. get better on a day to day basis. And that's that's when I got really appreciated when I played in high school because there's, you know, like uh Mason and all them at strength and motion. I remember yeah. playing the men's tournaments with them and I didn't play a lot, but when I did, if I didn't go hard, they got pissed off and they were like, go back sit down, man. Like Yeah. We know you can play, but you gotta we're not gonna take it easy on here. Go attack them, like go at them. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the one thing that I I think that we as basketball coaches I know I've missed open gym this off season. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that's that's the you know just getting the kids back and I, that's the one question I have. Like we haven't done open gym, but there's not any really rules in place anymore. I mean, there are rules, but um, I guess we can have open gym now. I'm not sure. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no I have no clue. I just. When they just let me even see my guys, like I'm texting them, you know, we have a conversation. I haven't even met my players yet. I met two personally, but I haven't met, you know, any of them. So like, you know, I told how many you, of yours like, play football? How many of yours play football? This year I'll have three. I got three that play football. I got one who's a cross country runner. And then uh, two of them out of the returners, they play tennis. So all my kids are multi-sport athletes. Right, that's good. Yeah, and that was one thing I guess they they asked me when I interviewed, and I'm all for it because all my kids, when I was at Newcomb, I told them you got a choice. Either you're going to run cross country or you're going to play football. Yeah. You know, we didn't have that. I mean, we had athletic period, but it's for all the athletes in every sport. But, you know, to keep you active until – okay, we didn't start to November, like mm-hmm. the week before Thanksgiving. Like, I wanted them to be either – Cross country, staying in shape, or you playing football, getting some aggression about you at the same time, staying in shape too. So, mm-hmm. um, and that was the thing about out there, like all the coaches I work with, we were all on the same, we were all on the same like alignment. Like we wanted our kids to be multi-sport kids and not just focus on one sport. And it was a good thing, like the LSU football coach, he said it perfectly. He's like, you know, I want kids that run track. Yeah. And now you got a lot of football players trying to run track all of a sudden because the national championship coaches said he wants kids that run track. Track is important. For some reason, I feel like high school track is kind of losing its uh, a little bit of its, I guess. Yeah. It was a big deal back, you know, but like, so what I do is as soon as basketball is done, I'll just walk all of my program, walk them out to track practice and say, track coach, here you go. (laughs) Whatever you want to do with them or whatever event, whatever you feel they're going to help you. Here's 30 kids, and you know, obviously, you can't keep all of them, but uh, right. take take what you need and work them, and, and they'll work for you. And and and, and that's what I try to do because I think track is is really important. I, I like I personally like track more than cross country, to be honest with you. Um, I just the the compet. I mean, well, play, doing other sports, competition is competition, so I'm an advocate for that. But you know, track you get on those you get on like. The four hundred, the hurdles, and you gotta, you gotta be a man. This is you. This you. Yeah, just you. Yeah, and you know, a lot of kids shy away from that, and I really try to push kids to do that, or at least try. You know, and they, they may get cut or whatever, but 
you got to some of those events take a lot of heart and uh, just just want to and, and kids just they don't want to and, and so we're trying to get them out of that bubble out of that comfort zone um, because we don't at Hayes we don't have a lot of AAU kids and we have some but it's not it's not fluid you know we because we're a six A with more of like a five A four A mentality we share a lot of kids I got nine football players in a six A program wow yeah that's I mean that's unusually high yeah. and that's probably the most I've ever had but it's at a six A yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got, but but that being said, I like track. Cross country is a. It's one of those things where you, I've done it before where you kind of make them when you make them do cross country, but you got to make them all do. It. Like like mm -hmm. Coach said, you just got to do. You're doing this or this. Um, with track, you know, like I just try to be a little bit more dynamic in the sense that, all right, you what do you want to do? And then, okay, you don't want to do anything. Uh, you know, on track. So I got some that play tennis, some are in football, you know, some are in cross country. But I try to get them, and if they don't have, if they want to be a one sport guy, then I'm going to go. And some of them do track as well. But, um, you know, I really try to push them to track because they just don't want to compete. And I think that's the hardest thing as coaches that we face today, getting kids that collectively that want to compete, but it starts with the individual. That no, makes sense. Yeah, I think the sharing is important, that, and and like you said, track is a big deal. And for some reason, I just feel like I've seen, at least in our area, you know, uh, it's not as popular as it used to be. Yeah, uh, I I agree with that. I and so I, I I try to help out those track coaches, and and I I'll walk the kids over, and and then let the track coaches do what they do. And, and why, um, why do you think why do you think that is that it's lost its popularity? That I, I couldn't. I mean, I'm not around the track enough to know. I mean, I guess a lot of them. They play a lot of summer ball, so they they'd rather go oh, do that. And yeah. I think um, I've heard that like, reason. Yeah, and like you said too, some of it could be it's it's a little difficult because you're you're kind of isolated and uh, you're kind of put on the spotlight. Like a like an event like the four hundred, that's a man's yeah. race. That's a tough race, you know. Yeah. And well, I mean, so I've heard it told, right? Um, no, Wendell Moki, my my one of my old assistants, uh, Dom. Oh gosh. But he but he. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he's a character, right? No, but he, you know, he won a state championship. State championship on the on the relay, right? The, the mm -hmm. relay. So he ran that four hundred. Yep. And he's he's the one that was like, "That's a man's race." And and he's like, "We got to get these some of these kids to run that because it's just it's just." Uh, he's the one that put that in my head, and ever since then, it, it made sense. You know, that's uh, it makes you better mentally. Uh, makes you yes. a little tougher right. mentally. You know, and. Um, there's no hiding. There's no escaping. It's just you, and you go out and give give it all you got. Yeah, and I think that, that. Yeah, go ahead, coach. And I was piggybacking what you said earlier, coach, saying about about AU tournaments going on every weekend because there's a time where, you know, your best athletes who are playing summer basketball, they could do. They knew they had an off weekend. They're going to a track meet. Right. You know, a prime example is Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he was still playing summer basketball, and he's running. On his off weekends, he's still going to track practice on certain days of the week and going to run the 400 and 800 in a track meet. And he's winning. He's ended up going to nationals, you yeah. know, to run track. So, like, and I know summer track is still around, but it, it is tough when you got, like you said, tournaments going on or you're going out of town for a tournament and stuff like that. And you got, you know, some of these summer track meets still going on. And, I mean, they're still popular. I mean, it's, I could drive by – 
Whites come home in the summer and Justin Statham is still crowded yeah. with track teams and everything. But I know there's a lot of kids who do basketball that sometimes they don't get to run track in the summer like they want to, you know, how it used to be because, you know, all these tournaments going on. It just seems like every we're we're forced. There's so much of it of each thing. Like there's AAU track. There's AAU. It's, we're, we're almost forcing the kids to pick. You know, like mm-hmm. we're we're creating this specialization. The business, the business side of AAU is creating the specialization of, of uh, you know, of course, in this one sport. And I, I I know for a fact, like volleyball, same way. I mean, just you you just so it happens. So you know, volleyball is like from Offseason, or I don't know what it's called, but the leg volleyball club yeah. is from what January to May, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, and then you got girls that don't want to play basketball because of select volleyball. And so it's on, it's on both sides of the you know both boys and girls. But you know, I, I just like there are kids. Uh, you know, our quarterback, he when he's not doing football camps, he's going to AAU tournaments. But we need more kids like that. And I think that. Uh, they don't fall into the you know, their kids still, and I think it's important that we remind them of that. And they got to try new things and branch out a little bit. So. Let's talk a little bit about uh, before we go. Talk a little bit about some moments in your career that you know you don't have to be specific with names or, or any specific moment, but it, you can be general. Just where we where we realize what we do goes much deeper than coaching a game of basketball. It's more about you know the relationships with the kids and. And you know the life lesson that you learn through athletics and, and those types of things. Well, uh, you know, I think the the one thing that sticks for me, like you know, we keep in contact with our players. Maybe not all of them, or not, you know, it's impossible to, to. We want to, but just the fact that the ones we do keep in touch with, you know, I I, I know I keep in touch a lot with one from Somerville. Um, I keep a lot in touch with with one from Lanier. Uh, I keep in touch with uh, a few from El Campo. Um, even I was only at Lockhart for one year, but I keep in touch with uh, one or two of those kids. Um, and they're just so different. Like, you know, we're not labeling good kid, bad kid. You know, put all that aside. You know, the fact that we're more than a coach to them. Um, and they still call us coach at this time of our life, you know, of their lives. You know, they're grown. Some of these kids are grown men now. And so, um, you know, it's always good to see them be successful. Um, but some aren't. Some are still trying to find their way. And it's just good to know that they reach out. They still reach out when they, when they need some guidance. And I think for me that, that's worth its weight. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the same for me is, uh, you know, like I said, Newcomb was my first ever head coaching job. So um, anytime a kid came back, you know, to come to a game and I saw him, I just got excited, asked them what they're doing and stuff like that. And, you know, especially now, a lot of them, since they're fairly young, I think my youngest class or my oldest class right now, they probably just turned 22. So a lot of them are just finishing up school. Some been working since they graduated because, you know, they got to start making money, you know, for their families and stuff like that. So um, just seeing them come back. And then now, you know, since I moved out here, um, all my kids, for some reason, we just have this bond. Maybe I caused it 
I guess the parents say that we just have this bond over shoes. So, you know, they're always that's one thing out there mess, hey coach, you seen these? You got these yet? I'm like, no, when these come out. So we you know, we have a little bond like that where we talk and some would just, you know, ask how I'm doing, like when the hurricane hit. Uh, we had the crazy weather out here last week. A lot of them messaged me, asked if I was okay, if I was good. Some of their families, just, you know, the same way. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of that, and, you know. And and at the same time, you know, with my AU kids, you know, I don't talk to them much, but I follow them on social media, and I got one who's about to be a doctor. You know, he's finished up. A couple of them graduated doing their own thing. So um, it's just good seeing that. You know, they're doing, they're still being positive. They're still doing great things. And, you know, when they reach out to me, we laugh, have a good time, catch up on those stuff. They mimic me because I always have these certain sayings, I guess I said on the sideline, they will oh, impersonate yeah. me. Uh, that that's has to be the funniest thing as a coach. When you just walk in the locker room and you just hear them yeah, mimicking like what you yeah. said or yeah. doing exactly how you are <laughs> and you can't get mad. And yeah. then you just walk off and laugh. That was funny. Was but funny. you don't want to show me it was funny, but yeah. you just walk up like, that was good. And so, you know, and Alan Newcomb, if I put a kid right he can do me. There's one kid I know for sure. He can do me to the T, everything. If I get mad at a call, they miss a shot. If I get excited, he has everything I do down. And I'm like, That's funny. You're, you're hilarious. And he does it every time he sees me. He'll just text me a quote. Like, go, there you go, go. And it's like, all right, bye, leave me alone. <laughs> so, it was, it was, I remember uh, one time there was a, a game, it was after a game. Um, we had one, and I guess I left my, my sports coat in the locker room somewhere. So I walked out, make sure the gym was getting put away. Came back in, and, and one of my point guards, you know, he's a little guy, right? And I'm like 6'3", and he's like 5'6". So he's got my coat on, so it fits him like a dress, and he's, he's on the board, you know, pretending to, so I get mimic, man. It was just so funny because a sports coat, you know, fit him like a dress, you know, <laughs> you know. But it's yeah. fun, and and you know, you appreciate it, you know, that paying attention. Yeah, I got so like this kid. I can tell you one that it still sticks. So I guess I had this thing of breaking markers. I keep a marker in my hand when I coach, and I guess I slammed it. I probably broke about ten while I was out there, but it's all right. But one day he just comes. He's like, he's in a bad mood. I was like, what happened? He goes, I broke a marker. I was like, what you do that for? Oh man, I bombed the test. I said, so why'd you break a mark? He's like, why you break a marker when you do something wrong? I was like, all right. <laughs> That's important, Dad. Yeah, you got, you got me. Like, They're always paying attention. Always, always. 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 It is, so it's important you know, what we do. You know, do the right things, and they yeah, exactly. You no, know, but when they do it in those ways, it's funny. We have an, that alumni tournament, and so the kids that play for me end up playing in the tournament after they graduate, and so one guy. Uh, he's one of our best players that's come through the program. So he's playing in his first alumni tournament, and I'm sitting there watching him on the sidelines, watching the game, and he's he's pretending to coach, and he's 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 got his hands on his hips, and he's you know <laughs> up and down, and he's looking at me to make sure I'm looking at him, and he he stomps his foot and he he says something that I I don't remember what he was saying. It's just it's just funny though, you know. But you know I, I wouldn't trade those moments in for the world. You know I, I love nah, watching those, those kids. The and, you know, and then we start laughing about it afterwards. Yeah. Good stuff. Good times. Um, but that's, that's, that's essentially why I do this whole podcast series is, you know, what we do as coaches 
you know, yeah, we want to win games and, and the whole deal, but it's much more than that. And, and the relationships and the bonds you build with the kids, you know, they, they last a lifetime and it, and it goes much deeper than coaching the, the sport itself. And so just wanted to highlight those things. You know, I think it's important that the general public doesn't get to see that side of us. They just see us on the sidelines right. doing what we do. Right. Um, and so I think it's important to highlight, highlight uh, this side of coaches in the profession. So I appreciate your guys' time. And I appreciate y'all uh, stopping by to hang out and talk. And, and, and you guys make sure you stay safe and healthy out there. Good, uh, appreciate it, Marcus. You have a good one. So yeah. if y'all need something yeah. on the way, let me know. Good. Thank you, guys. Sir, yeah, have a good. Good day. Thank you.